for listening to the Life Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. I'm not going to do it. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, that was so good. I remember over the years coming, you know, to the other location and, and watching it be maxed out and watching it get filled up. And you're full now. You were full this morning, both services. I told Pastor Mark, I said, man, what are you going to do? You, get, you don't have any room. So it's just a great problem to see everybody piling in. And, uh, and what a great celebration, 15 years. And I know uh, as you get the land next door, you'll have place for cars. But, man, I think you're going to have to do some upstairs, downstairs. I don't know what you're going to do. Just start stacking people vertically. It'll be good. <laughs> no, it's a wonderful thing. He, the Bible told us to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, as some would do, especially. So we'll gather more and more as we get closer to the coming of the Lord. So it's a wonderful thing. Not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Look at what happens when we gather like this. It just, it's just amazing. His presence is so strong. It's hard for me to even do my, uh, you know, what I'd call like an introduction to start out because he just wants to do things. In fact, while, while they were singing, uh, he's breaking addictions. Uh, addictions are being broken. And there's marriages here that are being restored in a moment of time right now. Their marriage is being fixed. And there, there's, there's this one thing about a, 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 some friends that's kind of a weird relationship. One of, one, of them's, one of you is dominating over the other one. And this is how you fix it. You say, you don't dominate over me anymore or I'm not going to be your friend. You can be kind. Of, and I'm telling you, this is the Lord talking to you. Uh, the, uh, the, you can be kind to people without letting them take advantage of you. So the Lord's fixing it. It's amazing. You get into a church service where, where, where Jesus is able to come in. And when you guys worship him like that, he fixes everything. He just does everything. If you came in tonight, oh, this was something else he said to you. Someone here, you can't sleep at night. You have a fear of sleeping. And uh, you mark down your, in your calendar the 15th anniversary. God just fixed you and you can sleep. No fear. Zero fear. Uh, zero. Satan has come and he has nothing in you. You're redeemed from the curse of the law. The greater one lives in you. Come on, the, the great God Almighty lives on the inside of you. Amen. He, he's uh, uh, in the old covenant, they took a piece of firewood and stuck it in where God's presence was and it began to bud, began to come alive. He's life everlasting. He knows no defeat. He knows no weakness. Everything about him is victory, joy. Everything about him is going forward, not going backwards. So I'm just a little bit, my brain's kind of just on this 15 years. I I look back at what's happened and where God's going to take you guys, and I think it's going to astound you. And uh, I just believe you can't build a building big enough. You can't kick out enough walls. And and Pastor said it, I said this to you, you have a normal church that puts Jesus first. And I I honor your pastors for their thought pattern to, to push for what's correct. Okay? There's something about holding on to what is correct, and that's word and spirit and souls and, and doing it correctly. So I know the Lord is going to help you, and it's going to be wonderful. Uh, the next 15 will be great. Uh, unless the Lord comes in those 15 years, I think we still have some time, but it's very, very soon. He's coming. So, uh, wow, I, what will happen in the next 15 will be, gr- be great, won't it? Hallelujah. I think it should be where you have like a bat pole, maybe even a slide. Do anything just to be a little unusual. And Pastor Mark, we've seen he can do it. He can go back in time. I just think you should have done your hair a little different and gone back to 15 years ago with the hair. That would have been cool. Come on. See, you, you got a witness right there. Hallelujah. 
I told my wife, hi, Colleen. Colleen. I'm so sorry Colleen couldn't be with me on this trip. And I told her to make sure you watch early. They're, uh, Pastor Mark's going to play the piano and sing, so this will be good. But I love your band that you have now. So cool. Uh, and, and what I love even more is everyone's heart to, to worship Jesus. Uh, that's why we've gathered tonight to honor him, to magnify him. He's to receive honor in this room. So uh, all of us in here, we're hungry. We're here on Sunday night, so we, we want to bless Him. We want to magnify Him. So soon, so soon, uh, we're going to see Him face to face. And uh, I know some protocol for that before we get there is just going to be wonderful. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to lift you up. He wants you to have more joy than you've ever had. He wants you to be so happy that people think something's mentally wrong with you. Amen. And because when, it, when, it, when, when you find out what the Bible says about the coming of the Lord, it's all about making you happy, hopeful, and comforted. So the closer you get to the coming of the Lord, you're going to get happier, you're going to get more hopeful, and you're going to get more comforted. And really, it's a, it's a propulsion method to get all of us into doing everything we're called to do. So, you know, I, I don't want to say I argue with the Lord. I have all these things I want to preach on, you know. And the Lord goes, no, I want you to do end times. I'm like, okay, because I, I come into a service, and I love Holy Ghost power, and you can, you can do a little Elvis, you can preach and do all that. But, uh, but there's something about an awareness of how close we are to leaving the planet. Awareness of, of some of the biggest, the biggest change you and I will ever experience outside of being saved. We're about to experience it very, very soon. So God wants us, in all of us in this room, to be a trumpet, to be a voice, to be a witness. He wants you to lift up your voice. And you watch it. He'll, he'll fill your heart with words. To where you'll, you'll alter people's lives with your words. You'll feel heaven come upon you. It's the glory of the Lord. You'll make articulation of His goodness. You'll make articulation of His greatness. You'll magnify the resurrection. You'll magnify what Jesus did. And you watch, it'll be in your style and in your tone. And Jesus' words will get their heart. And they'll find themselves falling down and saying, Jesus is in you of a truth. And they'll repent right there in front of you. So this season that we have before we leave the planet, watch heaven move through the church. Watch, watch heaven arrest the church to be unselfish. Arrest the church to be thoughtful. Arrest the church to get our minds on the harvest. Arrest the church to go, Jesus is just about to come. Let's do everything he wants us to do. I think there are going to be some radical seasons right up into the coming of the Lord to where you might have service that just go all day and you, you go 10 hours and you go home. Well, that was really cool and not, nothing to it. Go, go, are we going to do that tomorrow? No, we're not going to do that tomorrow. Maybe three weeks later. Guess what? We had another 12-hour service. And it won't be laborious. It won't be a labor. People will be coming in and getting born again. It'll be, just a, it'll be just a radical fire right before we're caught up. So let's get into this tonight and watch the scriptures help us. So grab your Bibles and uh, you just turn wherever you think I'll turn. We'll see if you're flowing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> let's go to Luke, if you would. And uh, I sure am, am blessed to get to be here for this 15th year. Uh, it's just so cool. Go to Luke 21. And we'll kind of pick up from where we were in July. I'm so glad that I actually changed the meeting to get to be here. I was supposed to be in Hattiesburg this week. And when you called me, I said, man, I'll do whatever I can to be there. Because there's something about gathering on special days. God will do special things. He just will. Just, there's something to that. See, right now, the lining in someone's lungs is being healed. Now, see, I just call that out real casually, but I'll give you one. I was in Monty Knudsen's church in Mount Pleasant, Iowa. I don't know if you know Monty Knudsen, Monty and Peggy. I was preaching along. At the end of the message, I had a simple word of knowledge that someone is, can't write 
but all of a sudden now you can write. I'd never even heard of that. And, uh, I thought, and I just kept going and called out some other words of knowledge. This man came up to me after the service. We were standing there talking. He was probably about 30 years old. And he walked up to me with his mom. He's bawling like a baby. He goes, I have never been able to write in my entire life. I have this weird disease. I, it's not dyslexia. I can't write at all. He said, when you call that out, I wrote a poem about the coming of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's amazing. We can think sometimes we, you know, in the past we might have gotten where we want it to be more uh, uh, Hollywood or more demonstrative. But Jesus can, can fix your lungs just like that. Hallelujah. He can do it. So let's pray and we'll get right into the Word. Lord, we love you tonight. We're so grateful for these 15 years. Thank you for, for, for helping this church, Lord, uh, uh, captivate souls to get them into the kingdom of God, Lord. We're so grateful. Amplify your voice through this church, Lord, in these last days. Supernatural favor with the region roundabout from this church, Lord. I thank you for blessings upon every household. Thank you for their children are blessed. Their, their households are blessed. Great peace in their homes, Lord. I thank you for it. Their jobs are blessed. Everything they'd set their hand to would prosper. And Father, we approach your throne, we approach your word tonight, thanking you for giving Jesus, thanking you for raising him from the dead. We, most of all, in this room tonight, we magnify that death could not hold you down, Jesus. So we lift you up and glorify your wonderful name. Receive the honor that's due your name in this room tonight. We thank you for it, Father. And Lord, we thank you for these truths about your return. Awaken us, Lord, to how close we are and how near we are to Jesus coming back to the planet. We thank you for that. We thank you for great assistance. We thank you for great help. We ask you, just as the book of Acts started, we thank you for it finishing the same way. Stretch forth your hands, Father, that signs and wonders would be done by the name of your holy child, Jesus. And Father, we'll all in this room be radically bold about magnifying the Son of God. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' wonderful name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Go there to Luke 21, if you would, and we'll do a couple minutes of, of some how near we are to the coming of the Lord. Then we want to go further and get into some more things tonight. So go to Luke 21, verse 24. He said, They'll fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive unto all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles, or nations, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So Jesus ties this here pretty bold, that when you see Jerusalem one back, time is up. And we know that happened in 1967. So in our lifetime... Jesus tied something that would happen to where you could start the clock. Like, wow. He said, when you see that, the time of the nations is pretty much up. So he helps us get this with verse 29. Watch how he goes into a little bit more detail with this parable. He says in verse 29, Look at the fig tree, it's the nation of Israel, and all the trees, those are the prophetic nations around Israel. Watch what he says. When they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves that summer or harvest is nigh at hand. Likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Wow. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all is fulfilled. Wow. Now he said a lot right there. He basically said, the group of people that sees Jerusalem won back and Israel made a nation, you're the group that's going to be here when he comes back. So you can Greek it, you can Hebrew it, you can Aramaic it, you can do whatever you want to it, it's us. Because I hear people, you know, oftentimes hear people go, well, how can you be sure you're that generation? I'm not looking for reasons not to obey God. I'm looking for reasons to obey God. 
And I don't have just those two signs. Those are pretty radical signs. It's just like in the spring when the, the grass starts turning green, the trees will get their leaves. You know summer's about to come. You don't get weird. You go, wow, it's going to be summer. And if someone told you, hey, summer's not coming this year, you'd go, you've lost your mind. So he said, likewise, just as bold as you can be about a temperature change, you can be just as bold when you see Israel made a nation and Jerusalem won back. So it's remarkable. In our lifetime, he said, this generation will not pass away. So we have a bunch more. you got about 50 signs. i got them on the back, some of them on the back of the T-shirts. you got uh, men who be lovers of themselves. we got selfie sticks now. We have uh, uh, the next one is the, the Ethiopian Jews were brought back. And, and one day, 18,000 airlifted in one day. Uh, they flew down in these C-130s and brought them out. You have after that, you've got the uh, Hebrew language restored. hundred years ago, no one spoke Hebrew. Now they all speak Hebrew. You ought to Google that and see when that happened last. Never. You can't find anybody that speaks Hittite. You can't find anybody that speaks Amorite. But I tell you what, you can find Hebrew all over the place. Come on. Uh, uh, my, my jeans that I wore on the way up here, have, it's called Levi's. You can see the mark and the print uh, of, of that covenant with the Jews. So that language got restored. And the one I think is really cool is the revival of the Roman Empire. Last year I was in, preaching in Norway, then preaching in France. I came down into France. They don't even stamp your passport because it's the United States of Europe. You can look at their money. And it has that woman from the book of Revelation on their money. You can look at their capital building in Brussels. You should Google it. It looks identical to the Tower of Babel. It's that Babylonian system. I'll, I'll make my own way to heaven. No, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I mean, it's pretty amazing that you can tangibly look at things right now. Now, there's many more signs. You've got 172 different species of predatory birds that started coming to the land several years ago. Why is that a big deal? Right after we're raptured, God calls on the fowl of the air to clean up after the Ezekiel 38 war. And then at the end of the, of the tribulation, the battle of Armageddon, He calls on the fowl of the air again. You've got the cleanup crew in Israel right now. I mean, that's kind of wild. That freaks everybody out. But you've got nature moving into position because Jesus is about to come back. You've, you've got earthquakes. You've got Russia coming down into Crimea. You've got, you've got Russia that has all this equipment in Syria. And something that I've been waiting for for four years happened last week. You've got, you've, you've got Turkey making this pact with Russia. And all these nations together made this pact because they're going to come down on Israel right after we leave. <coughs> Turkey invaded Syria last week. You've got Russian S-400 and S-300 missile defense systems right there on Israel's border. You've got Isaiah 17, 1 that says Damascus could be removed from being a city. And you have Hezbollah making chemical weapons in that city. So you're living in a great day of change. Now, sometimes we don't connect the dots like we should, but my friend, uh, Putin quoted Hitler twice last year and no one said a word verbatim exactly what Hitler said right before when, when the Germany uh, killed 6,000 Jews when Hitler killed 6,000 Jews I mean it's like amazing that, that Hitler's book was called Mein Kemp means my struggle means jihad it's just wild that Putin in your lifetime would verbatim quote him Putin said that Crimea is the cradle of our religious society just as holy to us as the Temple Mount is to the Jews. That's what Hitler said about Poland. That's what Hitler said about Czechoslovakia. So you've got things rehearsing and replaying again. Why? Because the Lord is about to come back. <coughs> so we're blessed. Let me grab that water real quick. I think I should go ahead and sing. That would work. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. <laughs> you, you know the, the Lord's coming back when you go to singing. But anyway... So we have all these things that point to the second coming of the Lord. I'm not going to go through all of them tonight because I want to continue on further. But, I mean, you got the blood-red moons last year and the year before on Passover and Tabernacles. 
That's called a tetrad. When did that happen four times in a row like that on Passover and Tabernacles? 1967 when Jerusalem was won back. 1948 when Israel's made a nation. 1492 when America was discovered. <laughs> the Jews were kicked out of Spain, the edict of expulsion, and God raised up a little country called the U.S. of A. to be a safe harbor for the Jews and the biggest preacher of Jesus. I've heard people say, what's God going to do with America? Let me tell you exactly what the Lord is going to do with America. You can't sow into all the world, not reap right there in your nation. I think I'll say that again. I've, I've preached in the Philippines, preached in Singapore, preached in China, preached in Germany. Name a country, guess who's there? Crazy American. You can't sow into all the world, not reap right there in your own place. So we have a season of reaping right here before we leave. I don't know how long it is, but we're blessed. That's why it's all hands on deck. That's why we get into signs for a moment. It's like we don't fit church into our life. It is our life. So it's all about what, what do we need to do. We pick the pace up, just like in a football game when it's a two-minute warning. You go back to the huddle. You don't complain about your knees. You don't complain about your being tired. You, you, if, if the quarterback goes ahead and you do post pattern, you don't go, gosh, I'm a little, a little winded. You know, I just don't really feel like doing this. Could you imagine it? you're in the Super Bowl, two-minute warning, I, yeah, I'm done. No, you, you, you don't think about yourself. You think about what do we got to do to score. In a race, when, they, when the white flag goes out, you pull out all the stops, man. You take chances you'd never take. You get wild. Even the people watching the race get wild when there's the last lap. My friend, you're in the last of the last of the last part of the lap. Jesus is about to come back. So we're, we're so privileged, privileged to watch Scripture come to pass right here, right here, right here, right here, pointing to things that are going to happen after we leave. Now that should be a wake-up call for us that we're very, very near the rapture of the church. So that's what I want to get into tonight is we're going to be caught up. So let's go look at these verses. We have a wonderful hope and a wonderful joy for our future because we're so soon going to be uh, leaving the planet. I've come to the knowledge of uh, in a few years that my weight is perfect. I'm just not the right height. <laughs> my weight is flawless if I was like 6'3". So I'm really looking forward to that getting fixed, amen? I mean, because I mean, if I, told, I think I weigh like 186. That's perfect if you're 6'3", but for, not for where I am. But, so we, we have some great changes coming, and the whole preaching of, of the rapture of the church is to make you happy. Make you happy. Most, most people almost are so religious, they're weird about being happy. Like, am I really supposed to have something to look forward to? Yes. The Bible says it's the hope that purifies you even as you're pure. And it's sad that the devil's taught young people that all of a sudden after the rapture it's going to be boring. Let me say this. We'll get into it tomorrow night. You'll never say some words. You'll never say, this is lame. You'll never say, this is boring. You'll never say, what are we doing tomorrow? Your main verbiage will be, Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Let, let, me, let me just tell you, this is how wild this is. I remember I was in a service in Newtown, Connecticut. Hang with me a second before we get to the rapture. I was there in Newtown. <laughs> we'll get to the rapture here in a second. Uh, and I was there a Sunday through Wednesday years ago, and I didn't know what to speak on that Wednesday night. I was kind of frustrated because I knew, I knew as I was going what, to go, what direction to go. <clears throat> Come Wednesday, all I had was pen the suit on the pastor. And I learned that from an old Pentecostal guy. We brought the pastor down and pinned $20 bills and $100 bills on and, and gave him a suit. So we started playing that. Next thing you know, the associate came down and said, Hey, I have a check for your daughter. My, my daughter does all these missions trips every year. She's been to like 30-some nations. She's 28. And uh, he goes, I got a check for your daughter. Next thing you know, a guy stood up and goes, Well, I got a new car for you. Well, the next thing you know, people started giving stuff away. It was one of the craziest services I've ever been in my life. It was awesome. 
I mean, the, the youth guy got a brand new car, giving my daughter 25 bucks. So I thought, man, I got to do something. So the Lord said, give your, I had a Fender Stratocaster. I watched you play, but it's so cool. I, there, I had a Fender Stratocaster, and the Lord said, give it to that young man back there. And he had just asked his mother that day for a Fender Strat. And she said, believe God for it. And he got it right there in the service. So I had, didn't have a guitar, and I wanted to play the guitar. So I went to go buy me a cheaper guitar at the guitar store. And as I walked in, the Lord said, why don't you learn how to play every instrument? You're going to live forever. I was like, that kind of messed with me. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. Because, see, we have this tendency to think that the rapture is an ending. And listen, the rapture is a beginning. You're tasting of the powers of the world to come. So when we're caught up, it's not like all of a sudden we're going to be floating around heaven playing harps. That's kind of the thought pattern that heaven's going to be floaty and clouds and harps. It's more real than here. It's just like here without the curse on it. And yet you're in the presence of the Lord. And you don't, you don't walk around here going, wait, let me, let me play harp today. No, that's crazy. I, I purpose in my heart to never play a harp. Come on. Even though the Lord said learn everything, I'm not going to do it just to be ordinary. So isn't that weird that that's what we're taught? You're floating around in ethereal. No, heaven is normal. It's so normal that he, he's going to bring heaven down to earth. He's going to renovate the earth. But my friend, there's great things ahead. Wonderful things ahead. So let's get into this. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And let's run through a little bit of stuff about the rapture. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Page 297, if you've got a Bible like mine. Verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Now, Paul wrote this letter to the church at Thessalonica because they thought they were in the tribulation. They thought everyone was going to live all the way up to the coming of the Lord. And they had some loved ones that have died and gone home to be with the Lord. So he's like, whoa, whoa, everything's okay. This Antichrist can't come on the scene until you leave. We'll get into that here a little bit later. But the whole purpose of this letter about the rapture was that they would be hopeful and have a renewal of joy. So here, the rapture of the church is the blessed hope. So watch what he says in verse 14. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. This we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall ascend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, scare one another with these words. No, he said comfort one another. So the teaching of the rapture is to bring comfort. Really, if you look at the margin of your Bible, it's the word exhort. We're to call near to God about the rapture of the church. I've heard people say, well, that's a new doctrine that came out in the 1800s. No, Enoch walked with God and was raptured. He was caught up. You have Elijah walking along, and he was caught up. He was raptured. The sons of the prophets knew the day that he would be raptured. They told Elisha, don't you know your master's going to be taken from you today? He goes, yeah, I know it. Shut up. So it wasn't a big deal to Elisha. He didn't go, wow, you know the day he's going up? No, they, no big deal. So all of a sudden they're walking along and Elijah's caught up. He's raptured. You have Jesus after he finished his ministry. He was caught up. Those angels said, this same Jesus will come back in like manner. You'll have the two witnesses that will be raptured. But my friend, before the tribulation starts, the church will be taken out because you have so much authority, he can't leave you here during that seven years because you'd be dictating what's going on during the tribulation. And we'll get to it. God owes the Jews seven years of Old Covenant time. And if you keep reading here in Thessalonians, he's very specific about that the Antichrist can't come on the scene because they thought he was already there because Nero killed so many Christians. He said, don't worry, he can't come until you leave. You can't have the Christ and the Antichrist here at the same time. 
The Bible calls you Christ. Pastor's teaching on it today. What a great start of a series about who the church is. You're so powerful, Lucifer can't even be revealed in a man while you're here. Oh, come on now. Think about it. Think about what you carry with you that the Antichrist can't even show up. I know you wanted to see some photographs, but I couldn't bring them because he can't come on the scene. I do like those, those, those guys on TV, the most shocking photographs of the Antichrist. And people love that stuff. But it, it, obviously he's probably alive now. And he, in the Bible calls him the Assyrian. And you had that word come on the news just in the last four months. Where is that? That's right where Turkey invaded Syria, right where Russia fired on the Kurds, right where Turkey fired on the Kurds, and some of our guys are right there helping the Kurds. You have all these nations coming together right where that word Assyrian comes from. So the man of sin is going to come on scene, have a perfect solution for all this, but we're going to depart before he can even be revealed. So we have a, we have a, a destiny and an appointment with God. So think about this. Remember when the angels came down into Lot, to Sodom and Gomorrah, they told Lot, we can't do anything here until we get you out. And if you keep reading here in Thessalonians, he's not reserved due to wrath. So it's a biblical doctrine of taking the righteous off the earth before wrath comes or judgment comes. Judgment couldn't come until the righteous got out. And then even with the flood, Noah rode the flood just like Enoch departed right before the flood. Noah rode the flood just like the Jews will will ride the tribulation. And it'll be just like the scripture. Jesus is going to reveal himself to his brethren right at the very end. But my friend, you and I are going to do what we're called to do. Then all of a sudden this event called the rapture of the church is going to happen. Let's examine it for a little bit. What's the number one purpose of the rapture is for you to get a brand new body. Because number, number one is we can't handle the glory of God, so we're going to get us this new body. What was it like? Look at the scripture. Remember when Jesus was raised from the dead and he was on the road to Emmaus, remember that, walking with the guys? First thing he said to him, why are you guys sad? See, Jesus wants you happy. And they said, man, haven't you lived around here? They crucified our Lord. And he would have kept on walking. They constrained him to stay to dinner. And he, he physically, right there in their presence, took them through the word. He could have said, nah, 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 nah. I told you I was going to rise from the dead. That's what I would have done. Like, hello. But he, he sat there and took them through the scripture, took them through the word. Come on, the word. See, visions come and go. The word never changes. Then all of a sudden he, he broke bread with them, then disappeared. And they said, did not our hearts burn within us the words that he spoke to us? Well, they went back and told the disciples, and they go, you're crazy. And even Thomas goes, until I see the print in his hands. I mean, they just saw him disappear in front of their eyes. And Thomas goes, I ain't going to believe unless I put my finger in his side, put my hand in, the, in his hold, his print in his hands. And next thing you know, Jesus walks right through the wall. Knows every word you're saying. He quoted Thomas. Thomas, reach hither your hand, thrust it into my side. Be not faithless but believing. Don't you like it? The Lord knows everything you say. So they freaked out. <laughs> like, he just came through the wall, yet I can still feel him. They, they said, he, he said, what is that, a spirit? He said, handle me. A spirit hath not flesh and bone, as you see I have. So you get a little bit of an idea of what your body's going to be like. You're going you're gonna to be able to ride motocross. You're going to be able to ride roller coasters. You ain't seen a roller coaster until you see a roller coaster in the millennium. And see, everybody gets quiet when you talk about that because we think during the morning we're just going to be worshiping God. That's what the young people think. We're going to get to heaven and just worship for hours. Well, we might do that for hours, but do you worship 24-7 here? No, you're not going to worship 24-7 there. You have a life. You're going to be doing things. So, oh, come on now. So you're going to have this body that's normal. If you play the guitar, you'll play the guitar better. If you like to surf you'll surf better. And I hear people go, well, you think you really want to do that during the millennium? Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, we're going to become robots when we get raptured. I'm here, Lord. I made it. No. 
you're not going to be a weirdo in your glorified body. You, you don't lose your taste. You get new taste. Come on. Things are, things are enhanced, not diminished. So he goes, handle me. And then he ate fish. He walks through the wall, and they could still feel him. And then he goes, I'll have a little bit of fish. So he didn't just float around the room and go, I sense him over here. I sense him over there. Where is he? No. So that's what's coming for your new body. And number one is because of, of it, you, you have to have the stain of Adam removed from you. You've got to get that death taken out of you, and that's what will happen when you get your glorified body. Remember in, in 1 Corinthians 15, he talks about the glory of celestial bodies, the glory of terrestrial. Just as you've borne the image of the earthy, you'll bear the image of the heavenly. Oh, come on now. And so what's going to happen right then when he says, come up hither, come up to the throne of God. The Bible says he's able to subdue even all things unto himself. And at one microsecond, smaller than a time you can never divide, you're going to get a brand new body just like that. Boom! You're going to rocket through the building. You're going to meet your loved ones that have gone home to be with the Lord before you. We'll meet them in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. You talk about a party. You talk about a reunion. It's wonderful things to look forward to. There is no bad news for the church. The only bad news that you can find is that men would be lovers of themselves, and we've made it through that, and people wouldn't be hungry, and you're here on Sunday night. So you've pushed through that climate, and you're here. In the climate of scoffers, you're worshiping God. Even, even double worship, vintage worship. How cool is that? Come on. <laughs> So we get this brand new body. You think about why we have to have it. Remember in the old covenant, you have cherubim, you have seraphim. The cherubim, uh, Lucifer at one time was the anointed cherub that he he covered the mercy seat. But it, it, since then, you have a cherubim that are there over the throne, and you have seraphim that wings that cover their face, wings that cover their feet. And we say wings they fly with. They don't need wings to fly with. Their wings are to shield themselves from the glory of God. And they're created to be right there in His presence. But He's so radiant, even those created beings can't look at Him. But my friend, you're going to get you a brand new body. You can walk right into the throne of God. Hi, Dad. How's it going? I worship my Father and your rods and your cones will be all right. You won't walk out of there going, what happened? You'll be able to handle it. So you're going to get you a brand new body. Think about how powerful He is. That with one word... He can recreate your flesh and everyone that's gone home to be with the Lord. Woo, hallelujah. He's watching over His Word to perform it. Oh, come on now. So, this event is so soon to be where we're caught up. I mean, in the old days, my mom would tell me, Hey, Jesus is coming tonight. Well, I'd go to bed. Lord, I love you. Because it, <laughs> it scared me. And we, we've got to have a rallying of the preaching of the coming of the Lord because you either respond with humility or haughtiness. The haughtiness is, yeah, I don't believe that. Humility is, Lord, what do you want me to do if you're coming tomorrow? I want to live right tonight. I want to get people saved. I want to do whatever I can. There's a proper response to the coming of the Lord, and that's all hands on deck. But let's talk about this just for a second, because I'm preaching way too much. But go back over here to 1 Thessalonians, and go back to verse 14. Let's look at the qualifications for the rapture. Because, man, there's a lot of stuff. I heard stuff preached last week and the week before and the week before that's on TV and bold and not Bible. Just because someone's on TV and they say something, come on, and not Bible. I heard people say, if you're not in faith for the rapture, you won't go up. And really, the rapture's not about you. Let's just kind of kick over a few of these can of worms here for a minute. The rapture's not about you. It's about him coming back for his body. 
We've made it about us. If I was preaching up here on one leg, I'd be hopping around like this going, man, I can't wait to get my other leg. Jesus is looking forward to getting his body back. So we think of the rapture, am I cool enough or whatever to... For him to come for me, it ain't about you. He purchased you 2,000 years ago, and once you accepted him, you're in Christ, and he's going to come back and receive you unto himself. And there's a couple little things that we weren't taught correctly, but go to verse 14. Let's look at the qualifications. Still glad you came tonight? Everybody, everybody with me? How many glad you're here? Not in surgery. Come on, praise the Lord. Church is better than surgery. So look at verse 14. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So there's the requirement right there. You've you got to be born again. Now, you can lose your salvation, but it's hard. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not, I'm not giving you a license to sin. I'm just saying it's hard to get out of the body. You can. You can be crazy enough to where eventually you use your mouth to get yourself out of the body of Christ. But at the rapture of the church, he makes an examination. You're either lit or not lit. And it ain't about you. It's about him. By, by himself he purged your sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high being made so much better than the angels as he by inheritance obtained a more excellent name read the whole book of Hebrews he purchased you so I had this lady one time in Galveston she came up to me how dare you say that, you know people have different backgrounds and traditions whatever she goes how dare you say that everybody's going up in the rapture if you're saved I said well it's not about works it's just like salvation it's about the blood of Jesus it's not about you it's about him and I said, you know, the Holy Spirit loves to magnify Jesus. He said, ask her, whose works would she rather trust in? Her works or Jesus' works? I'll tell you right now, I'll relax and let what he did on Calvary, let what he did when he split down into the heart of the earth and when he conquered death, hell, and the grave. Come on, when he did that, I'm, I'm going to take him at his word that he did a good enough job to redeem me. And I'm going to be so bold about it that he made me pure. He's already presented me holy unblameable and unreprovable in his sight and has nothing to do with anything I did has everything to do with what he did come on now he conquered death hell and the grave and very very shortly he's going to come back and take his body home with him hallelujah now the only reference you have to this think about this in the gospels there's no teaching on the rapture there's no teaching on the church age. What Pastor Mark talked about today was the only little reference. I'll build my church and the gates of hell not prevail against it. And they're like, church? What's a church? You know, that, that, that was a whole new term for them because this whole church age was a mystery. Peter tried to kill that guy when he came to get Jesus and, and, you know, because they're thinking kingdom, 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 kingdom. He's going to set up his millennial reign. But there was a gap of 2,000 years. Same thing about the rapture. Things are so segmented with God. The very first verse of Hebrews chapter 1, he talks about different times and different manners where God does things differently with people. So all of a sudden, oh my, think about it. Think about how cool it's going to be. Think about how wonderful it's going to be that we're walking with God and all of a sudden, boom, we, we exit north. You remember all the posters you saw where, 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 where the graves are bursting open? The graves aren't going to burst open. We're going to come rocketing right through them. Come on. Hallelujah. The ones that have gone home, they're going to go right through them. So, but let, let's talk about this in John 14 as a little hidden reference to the rapture. Remember Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions. For not so I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. And I'll come again and receive you unto myself. So it was a little bit of a hidden reference to the rapture. Now why? Because that's how a woman, a man would ask a woman to marry him in the Hebrew culture. Jesus just asked his staff to marry him. And could you imagine that? A dude asking another dude to marry him. And they thought, I knew it. He's been out in the sun too long. He just proposed to us. 
I mean, could you imagine Jesus standing there? Will you marry me? No, I won't. I mean, that's bizarre. So, so that little wedding proposal there, you could just see him kind of punching their elbows. Did he just ask us to marry him? So in their culture, a man would ask a woman to marry her, him. They're called betrothed. He would go back to his father's house. He would, his dad would help him build a honeymoon suite. His dad would tell, tell his son when the room was ready, and he could go back and get his bride. But the bride was not clueless about how long it was going to be. We've been taught incorrectly, like, well, you never know when the Lord's coming back. I've asked so many Jewish ladies, she goes, no, we knew exactly almost to the day. Why? If he had a lot of money, he's going to build a very elaborate room. If he didn't have much money, it's going to be a tent. So... She knew, based on how much money the family had, how long it was going to be. Not the exact moment he was going to come back, but when it got nearer for the time for the room to be ready, come on, she would start getting herself ready, going, hey, we're getting close. And there was word going back and forth. Hey, the room's almost done. The room's almost done. You can feel it. The body of Christ is almost done. You can see it by Israel becoming a nation. Jerusalem being won back. Uh, The times of the nations are just about fulfilled. Same thing, that woman would start going, hey, it could be any day. I'm going to get ready. And all of a sudden, his father would go, go get your bride. And with a shout, he would come down and she would run out to meet him. That's exactly what's going to happen to you and I. And my friend, we'll have a sensation of how close it is. Won't know the exact moment. But let me, let me just get into some things about the, the rapture here, and then we'll go to Daniel. Go to Daniel 9 for just a second, because we'll, we'll close with this. You know, uh, think about the festivals of the Lord. Boy, we don't hear a lot of preaching on this, because we always thought it was Jewish festivals. They're not Jewish, they're the Lord's festivals. Now, what were they? They were rehearsals, dress rehearsals. What were they dress rehearsals for? I mean, how many of you, if you're ever in a play... The closer you got to the real play, you did a dress rehearsal just to see if you could actually function in what you were wearing. Well, these festivals, and that's kind of how that works because you knew your lines, but you still needed to get more ready. The festivals of the Lord were dress rehearsals. What was the first dress rehearsal for Jesus? Uh, the Passover lamb. And Jesus went to the cross on what festival? Passover. He's the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What's the next festival? What's the next dress rehearsal? Feast of unleavened bread. They would take a piece of bread. They would... They would fold it, they would pierce it, and they would break it. Remember, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Born in Bethlehem, he's home of the bread. So Jesus goes to the cross on Passover, buried on unleavened bread. Normally, you're on the cross longer, but he had a feast to keep. So he, he's got, he's, I mean, he's, he, he, God's into timing. So he's like, boom. Plus, you know, uh, uh, normally you're on the cross longer to be a spectacle, not to break the law, but he's got to keep these. He goes on Passover to the cross, buried on unleavened bread. What's the next festival? Uh, first fruits. What happened on first fruits? Raised from the dead. All right, what happened 50 days later? Pentecost. So what's the next feast to be fulfilled? Rosh Hashanah. And that's Feast of Trumpets. That happens in September. You say, if you knew that, you'd know when the rapture's going to be. Well, I'm, I'm guessing it'll probably, if he did all those others just like that, he'll do these. I don't know about you, but every September I'm walking around, Lord, I love you. <laughs> and uh, my daughter got me this little pen and said, Jesus is coming, look busy. You don't want to be faking it when the Lord comes back, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you say, well, then we know when the rapture is going to be. But listen to these four or five things about the Feast of Trumpets that we haven't heard taught very much. At least I hadn't heard it very much. There's five things that happen on, on the Feast of Trumpets. Number one, it's the beginning of the coronation of a king. There's a private ceremony before a public ceremony. My friend, right after you're raptured, you're going to go to this ceremony where you go to the reward seat of Christ. 
marriage supper of the Lamb, Jesus will be presented to us as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's what that festival means. Next thing is the beginning of seven days of awe, representing the seven years of tribulation. But we're in heaven having this thing right in front of us. Next thing uh, the Feast of Trumpets represents, this is really cool. always happens on a new moon. Mentally run with me for a second. That's on the 29th or the 30th of the month. That's why when Jesus said, of that day and that hour, no man knows, the Sanhedrin would send two witnesses out to say, oh, there's the new moon. Didn't know if it was on the 29th or the 30th. He gave them a clue when the rapture is going to be on that feast. Because guess what? The, the two witnesses would go out and they'd say, hey, it's a new moon. And it would be stamped. That's what it is. It's the, the, the new moon. This is the Feast of Trumpets. So they knew the Feast of Trumpets started based on that. Didn't know if it was the 29th or the 30th. So, my friend, we have all these things coming up, even every September. It may happen on Pentecost. Uh, you know, we don't know for sure exactly what it's going to be, but you'll have a sensation. I'm here to tell you tonight, it's not going to catch you by surprise. When the world says peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. He said, you are not in darkness so that day would overtake you as a thief. You are the children of light. How many knew when your wedding was going to be? Did it catch you by surprise? Boof, I'm married. No, there's, man, man there's, there's work involved. Come on. There's excitement. And there's joy. I mean, you should have been really excited about getting married. If you weren't, you may have done something wrong. Come on, am I in the right room? My daughter got married. We had nine bridesmaids fly to California for this wedding. I've never worked so hard in all my life. Come on. I, I grew, I, we grew up with land and had to take care of land. That was nothing compared to getting ready for a wedding. And it didn't catch us by surprise. We knew exactly when it was going to be. Even had to things go out, save the date. So, so I'm telling you, I know it's, it's, it pushes over some religious cows, but you'll have a sensation of how close you are because he wants you happy you're going to be caught up. Let's look at one thing and then we'll close. I preached too long. Go to, you, get to Daniel 9 yet? Do you find it? Run to Daniel 9 for just a second and then I'll sing something off my greatest hits album. We'll get there. <laughs> CD number 7 I think it is. So. Alright, here we go. Look at Daniel 9 for just a second. Daniel 9 verse 1. This sounds weird and complicated, but it's not. It's actually really cool when you see how flawless God is. And the first year of, of Darius, the son of, of whatever that is, the seed of the maids, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. I, uh, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Yeah, I, set my sa- I set my face by the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting. So all this is is they were in jail for, for 70 years. And Daniel's smart enough to go, hey man, why are we in captivity? He went back to find out why they're in captivity. They were supposed to let the land rest every seven years. You're so blessed after six, you go into the seventh, don't have to plant, don't have to do anything. It carries you over into that seventh year. So guess how long they fudged and missed God? 490 years. So they owed the land back 70 years of what God told them to let it rest. See how flawless and precise he is about the timing here. So, okay, he said, hey, no problem. You want to you plant how, as much as you want? I'll take you out of land and make you pay the land back. Man, I'm glad we live in this dispensation. Praise Jesus. So with that number in your mind, 490. Everybody say 490. 490. Remember Peter asked Jesus, how many times do I forgive somebody? 70 times 7, 490 times. So that number's in our brain for a minute. Skip over to verse 23 and watch what he says. This is so cool. Verse 23, at the beginning of thy supplication, the commandment came forth. 
I'm come to show you the greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city. He said, you missed it for 490 years. God's given you another 490. Who is it determined upon? The Jews and upon Jerusalem, not the church. Okay, he said, you missed it for 490. You're getting another 490. But now watch this. This is really cool. Hang with me just a minute. Look what he says here. It's, it's all about the second coming here. He says, to finish the transgression to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring an everlasting righteousness, seal up the vision, prophecy, anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto Messiah the Prince will be a certain amount of years. And I'm going to add the years up for you. So here, basically what he said, when you, when you hear this proclamation to restore and build Jerusalem until Jesus comes, it's going to be a certain amount of years. Remember Nehemiah was bummed out because Jerusalem was overthrown and King Artaxerxes goes, dude, what's the deal? He goes, Jerusalem's all overthrown. He goes, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to make a decree. We're going to rebuild Jerusalem. And all of a sudden, when he made that proclamation, just like Gabriel said, the clock started ticking. But you know what? He said he'd come after 483 years. Remember, when Jesus was on the scene, they said, Are you the Messiah? He said, Go tell them what you see and what you hear. He never would really come right out. But all of a sudden, he rode that, that colt, that donkey, right into Jerusalem. They put those palm branches down. Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They said, Oh, don't let them say that. You're admitting you're the Messiah. He said, If they didn't do it, the rocks would cry out. Because it was exactly 483 years from when that proclamation came forth to rebuild Jerusalem. Well, he, he gave them 490. He came after 483. He owes them seven years of old covenant time. He promised them 490. He came after 483. He owes them seven years. That's called the book of the Revelation. From Revelation chapter 4 to Revelation chapter 19. There's more verses written about that seven-year period because how flawless God is. You're watching things that are going to happen during that time before we even get there. So we should be preaching to each other. We should be screaming at each other going, Hey, the Lord's coming back. Did you see ISIS fly planes into buildings? See, that's the whore of Babylon. What is that? Islam. The Bible says Islam's going to come to the forefront and during the tribulation, God's going to play rat-a-tat-tat with his baseball bat. And you, you might want to call, you call it judgment, but man, he's going to judge all these false religions. They all came out of, guess where? Baghdad. What country went into Baghdad twice? America. Forerunner to the millennial reign of Christ. So you're watching the earth make preparation for the entrance of the king. Mm, you got, you got, you got a, a change in, in the atmosphere with nations getting in position. With, with the gospel going all over the world. Pastor Mark mentioned it. You, I got friend after friend after friend. The first thing he goes, guess how many people Jesus is appearing to? And when I was in uh, uh, Australia, Jesus is appearing to Islamic children. Get saved. Iran, my best buddy, uh, pastors all these churches in Iran. Guess what's happening to all the children? Jesus of Nazareth is appearing to them. They, they can't, the parents love it, but they can't tell their grandparents because their grandparents want to kill them. But my friend, this is it. People go, is this really it? I can give you about 50 signs, but I'm just telling you, right now, the, all these changes are happening in most of the world. It's sad that Hollywood senses it, but the church doesn't. I mean, they got The Walking Dead. you got zombies. See, there is a resurrection coming. That's their only way to interpret it. But they're not going to be walking dead. They're going to be caught up. They're going to be caught up, and we're going to meet them in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. 
He said to comfort one another with these words. My friend, the earth, the earth is about to bow its whole thought pattern down and take a knee to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on now. The first time it was, he, he came in such humility that he was spitting upon, he was beaten, he was mocked. But my friend, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we happen to be here at this sliver of time right at the end of the church age. Man, you think of, we talked about the first time we were here about Kenneth Hagin's name. The Lord appeared to his mother and told him to name him John. Didn't name him John. She, the Lord said he would have a part, not everything, but a part, in getting the earth ready for the second coming. <laughs> Didn't name him John. Named him Kenneth. And Hagin in the Hebrew means one to go before to prepare people for the coming of the Lord. So as, as whether we're okay with it or not, we're watching the earth make preparation for Jesus to come back. So what we do, this is your 15th anniversary. Man, let's have a zeal going into the next 15 years. Almost, almost scary, wild zeal. <laughs> I think I'll start coming up with some acronyms here. We'll, we'll come up with some new words that just, not church as usual, not, not just like we're going to go hear the word, like glory to God. Uh, the words that will be imparted to me today, their spirit and their life. They make preparation for my eternal walk with God, for my time to spend in eternity with my Savior. They make alterations and changes in my soul. They make changes in my spirit so that I adjust my walk with my Father. For soon I'll be with my Father. For, for greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. And I'll make change. I'll make preparation for this great day, this great day of God where Jesus will come back and take His own. So my friend, lift up your heads. Lift up your eyes. Your redemption's drawing nigh. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, soon to come over the banister and say, come up hither, come up to the throne of God. And my friend, Jesus, Jesus, the author of life, will be made known in the earth like never before. You'll witness a thousand years where the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth, and you'll be the implementers of that kingdom for a thousand years. And you'll, you'll have joy, you'll have peace, and you'll have excitement, you'll have fulfillment. Everything that you have in your heart, all of a sudden you'll step into a, a, an area where you're functioning and everything you knew you had in your own spirit. So great days ahead. Great, 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 great days ahead. Hallelujah. Well, are we excited about the rapture of the church? We're, we're going to go go north. Hallelujah. I don't know. We used to have rapture practice. Maybe pastor will have a vintage song, and then we, we can have the old rapture practice. And uh, I'm so crazy. If I could figure out how to have a harness while I'm preaching, I'd just go shooting up through the, through the ceiling. Why don't we do this before we, before we close? Let's bow our heads for a minute. I've preached too long. Lord, we love you tonight. We're so grateful. We're so grateful for this 15 years, Lord. We, we take this time that we celebrate and we gather around your word. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. And, Father, we, we make adjustments knowing that the rapture is so soon. We thank you that our households will have our focus on, on you. Our focus is on you, Jesus. So we bless you tonight. We honor you tonight. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for those things that were broken at the beginning of the service, those, those addictions, those strange things are broken in Jesus' name. Thank you for those weird fears that are gone in Jesus' name, that lungs were healed. Thank you for someone's plumbing in your eye, your tear ducts being healed. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Someone's bladder's being healed. I command your, your, your bladder to be restored. Infection, you be gone from their body in Jesus' name. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you for that. Wow. Someone, you have growths. 
in your body, and it's a part of that system. You watch, those growths are dead. They're dead in Jesus' name. Thank you for that, Father. Those foul growths be gone from their body right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that. Praise God. Praise God. Wow. Thank you, Father. All right. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you. This is weird, but I'll call it out. There's someone here, you have a weird odor in your body. <laughs> not not everybody. <laughs> no, I know it sounds weird, but you have something that's a chemical deal. Watch the Lord's healing you. Amen. You watch. You won't have this weird odor anymore. You're healed. Thank you, Father, for healing their body. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bless your wonderful name, Lord. Amen. While we're here at this point in the service, is there anybody that came tonight? I know we mostly came for the 15th anniversary, but maybe you came and someone asked you to come and invited you and you don't know Jesus. Just as Pastor Mark was talking about this morning, you may be here, and uh, if you die today, you don't know if you'd go to heaven or hell. And let's make sure we know. Let's make sure we're going up in the rapture of the church. Maybe you're like that here and you want to know for sure. Let's ask him into our heart. Isn't it amazing that Jesus paid the penalty for Adam's sin? Adam's one mistake went on all of creation, and Jesus fixed it with his obedience. So we accept his sacrifice. Amen. Anyone here tonight, maybe you've come, and you, you don't know if you... If the rapture happened tomorrow, you won't know if you'd go up. We want to make sure we're going to go up. If you're like that here tonight, I want you to slip your hand up and say, That's me. Pray for me. I, I'd like to be saved tonight. Make a memory on your 15th anniversary. It won't be easy to remember. On the 15th anniversary of the church, you got born again. Ask Jesus into your heart. Anyone at all. I don't want to miss anybody. Hallelujah. Looks like everybody's saved. How cool is that? We're all family. Amen. All right, let me give you another invitation. You say, I'm born again, but I've not been filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said you've been endued with power, not weirdness. No weirdness at all, just power. And with the evidence of speaking in tongues, Acts chapter 2 said they were all baptized. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Not some, not most. They were all filled. So maybe you're here tonight and you haven't done that yet. You don't have to do it tonight, but you want to do that because all of a sudden this power comes on you that's an amazing power. The early church, they knew they'd been with Jesus because of their boldness. Where'd that boldness come from? They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you're here tonight and you've never had that Pentecostal experience, let's do it tonight. Make a memory, your 15th anniversary. Say, I'm, I'm here, but I'm not been filled with the Holy Spirit. Raise your hand if you're like that. Say, that's me. Pray for me. I'd like to be baptized. Awesome. Good for you back there. Wonderful. Excellent. Who else wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit tonight? Anyone else at all? Won't take but a second. Amen. Good for you, buddy. Awesome. Wonderful. Good, good, good. Who else wants to be filled tonight? Come on, make a memory. You want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I remember my mom asked me when I was, gosh, 1970. She said, hey, you want to get filled with the Spirit? I was like, hey, I'm in. Whatever. If it's from heaven, I'm all, I'm all over it. Baptized in the Holy Ghost. And uh, if you're going to race cars, you want a V8. And even then, you want turbocharged. And you probably want a 12-cylinder. I've never seen somebody race with a one-cylinder car. Like, give me the wimpiest motor possible. No, you want more power. The baptism of the Holy Spirit just gives you more power. That's what she wants more. I've seen two hands go up. Anybody else real quick before we dismiss in a moment? You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit tonight. Don't want to miss anybody. All right, praise the Lord. I'm going to take the mic, and we're going to go to the back row. He said, every one of you had the tongue, had the doctor, and we'll see how filled you are. We'll start with this section right over here. Well, that wakes everybody up real quick. Woo-hoo, hallelujah. <laughs> I heard postcard prophecy coming. My friends, it's beautiful here. I wish you were here. All of a sudden, the sun will rise in the east and set in the west. Hallelujah. Isn't it something that prophecy got so abused that people never wanted to do it again? But see, prophecy's amplifying what he's already said in Scripture. He said, you should all prophesy. 
In other words, you're so filled with God, it means to flow forth like a fountain. It means to bubble forth. That We've come in these celebration meetings like this. We get so tanked up, we go out and we're, we're buying a cheeseburger. And we go, I'll take a cheeseburger, Diet Coke. And by the way, the Lord's coming back. <laughs> Doesn't have to be like Shambach, but it could be. My God! <laughs> no, He wants you to be a trumpet. He wants you to be a voice. He wants to use your body. He loves you. Someone's got arthritis, arthritis leaving your body. If you've got healed of some of the things I've called out, raise your hand. Let's go on to see who's got healed of these. Good. Who's who? Someone you had arthritis, you're riddled with arthritis in your joints, being healed right now. Hallelujah. Devil's a liar, pants on fire. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. There was something else, you know, and I, I, uh, I'm done, but I, I don't want to miss a miracle, you know. Um, I tell you, I'll tell you this one while I'm waiting for it to come to me, and then we'll go. Lycona, New Hampshire, the pastor up there, the pastor's wife. 25 years ago in Boston, I had a word of knowledge that somebody had damage in their fingernails. Twelve people came down, and I said, none of you are the ones I'm looking for, but I'll pray for you in faith. You know how word of knowledge works, you know? I said, we'll pray for you in faith, but uh, no big deal. And this lady wouldn't go down, had no fingernail on her left ring finger. I just found this out last year. So she comes up to me. She said, you know, I was afraid to go down. But so two days later, I said, Lord, I'm sorry I didn't go down and get that fingernail, but I'll take it right now. She said, when she said that, her fingernail grew in, and the guy she was dating asked her to marry her that night and put a ring on that finger. I just preached in her church in April. God loves you so much, he wants you to have a fingernail on your ring finger when you get engaged. He's so cool. And I want to say this as we dismiss. He loves you. He loves you. And, and you, you can't even put a comprehension or a depth on how much he loves you. He wants you joyful. This teaching on the rapture is just to push you in your noggin how much he loves you. He can't wait to be with you. He can't wait to see you. He loves you. He's not frustrated with you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. Amen. So I'm, I'm so, I know there'll be some more articulation about this this next 15 years, you know, and Brother Jay's, we'll come back tomorrow night and try to get into the millennium, and then Jay will get here, and I know the Holy Ghost is going to say some things that will really arrest our souls about the future, and they'll be a blessing to us. Amen. Thank you guys for being so easy to preach to. You guys, you can preach all night, and I don't need to do that, but we'll stop so we can come back tomorrow, and uh, one of these nights we'll go all night, but we'll, we'll see. Maybe we just have Pastor Mark do, do vintage worship for hours. We could do that. Amen. Won't you give your pastor a big hand as he comes? Thank you guys for coming tonight. Thanks, Pastor Mark. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.